1: You are inside the QB factory where our magical development dust make dreams come true. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. All of this is, of course, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And joining me today to break down quarterbacks around the world is quarterback one in our hearts, in our minds. He is Mark Schofield. Mark, how you doing, brother?
0: I'm doing good, buddy. Good to be with you. You said quarterbacks around the league. Can we leave one in particular out of that conversation? And by that, I mean Cam Newton. Like, can we just avoid that? I don't want to talk about that this week. And if you're going to make me talk about this, I- I'm going to get a little frustrated and fussy. I thought- a toddler
1: i thought you were gonna say ben Denucci. then i realized no. i was like hey man if we don't have enough we're gonna to have to talk about some cam so you, you're gonna get, yeah. get some once you're gonna get some Denucci. you might get some cam at the end of the show we'll see we're gonna test mark's talents here to see how long he can stretch this other content but ben Denucci.
0: we'll get into it but he's one of those quarterbacks that when it gets to be like a week before the draft i'm like i guess i gotta watch this guy but we start as always with historical references i have two quick ones first a book recommendation because we got a question from one of our dear listeners alex Yorizzo, who is at j j a y y o r i z z o who asked us any viking book recommendations and so i do hold up for those watching on news channel eight vikings the north american saga it is massive it's it's by the Smithsonian Society, National Museum of Natural History by edited by Fitzhugh and Ward. It's like four hundred and thirty pages of Viking goodness. So I would strongly recommend that.
1: I my recommendations would be The Age of Vikings by Anders Winroth, if I'm not mistaken. And then the other one is uh, the The Seawolves, a History of the Vikings by ah. Lars brownworth if you're looking for something a little more um i guess a a narrative flow with still some scholarly background but it definitely isn't 400 pages i think both of those are on like 250 300 easily digestible things but uh really great stuff nice introductory work uh to the vikings and i think people are asking because assassin's creed valhalla yes is about to come out and i'm definitely going to be playing that and i have all of my vikings books ready because i know i'm going to get into that phase so good question uh by the gentle listener, Alex, there.
0: And I do have a second uh, historical reference. Um, the date on this is a bit uncertain. We can sort of piece this historical reference due to some classified reports being like leaked through the media and things like that. But sometime in the late 1980s, a United States Naval Communications Ship, the SS Layton, became disabled somewhere in the Indian Ocean. And a rescue operation was initiated. And some F-14 fighter pilots had to provide air cover for that. And according to some reports, there was a dogfight. And one of those fighter pilots ended up downing a couple of enemy jets. And that fighter pilot goes by the name of Pete Mitchell, call sign Maverick. And if you haven't pieced it together, (laughs) I'm talking about Top Gun. And I'm setting this up because I wrote something about Carson Wentz this week titled Carson Wentz Maverick. And I think it's appropriate that we sort of start the conversation there.
1: I love I love that reference. I haven't read that piece yet. I actually sent it to myself to read in preparation for this show. Obviously, I have not read it in preparation for this show. But this is great because I have the actual writer right here to you talk do? about it. Yeah. So let's talk about what you mean by that. And we'll go over his performance review like we do every week, you know, against the, the New York Giants, 25 for 43, uh, just under 60% completed, two touchdowns, one interception with a quarterback rating of 91.1 yards per attempt 8.35 which was a season high for him uh started pushing the ball down the field and it has been a uh wild ride and we saw a lot of yolo balls at the end of that baltimore game uh we're, we saw some more against the new york giants he is kind of all over the place i think obviously moving forward against dallas i think you're playing more to not lose the game like you just got to be there and be functional you don't have to make anything special happen against this defense or against you know Probably Ben DiNucci, possibly Andy Dalton. We'll, we'll see who uh, ends up starting. I think it's going to be Denucci. But Mark, where, where do you want to take that as far as your Maverick reference goes?
0: Yeah, and if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we sort of talked about Wentz. I used the phrase, let Carson be Carson. You brought up like, the Bronco Buck, Ike Reese. And so when I sat down last weekend to write about Wentz, I was like, I got to find some sort of like historical reference or something where you have like a hero, a main character, whatever, who kind of does things his own way and never really changes to how people want to see him conform. (laughs) <laughs> and I ended up settling on Maverick from Top Gun because if you I think about it. like his character arc in that movie like it starts with him like pulling the plane upside down and flipping off somebody in a different jet. It starts with one of his first dogfights at Top Gun where he like hits the brakes, lets Jester fly right by. But then there's sort of that pivotal moment where in another dogfight at Top Gun he like leaves his wingman to go chase down Viper and everybody gets shot, you know, metaphorically speaking because yeah. it is a practice flight. Um, and he learns a lesson never to leave his windman. And so that in that final climatic battle that I was sort of referencing, you know, there's a moment where he doesn't leave his windman, but then there's another moment where he like hits the brakes, lets the guy fly right by. So he's still being maverick. He's just learned a couple of lessons along the way. And that's Lance right now. Yeah. I mean, because think about it, the interception he threw is like leaving your windman, right? Like, it's like the like quintessential, like bonehead decision. But then later in the game, one of the other quintessential, like, mistakes you can make as a quarterback is throwing late over the middle. Yeah. And he gets flushed to his right. He has Richard Rogers like, open over the middle. And he throws late over the middle, and it turns into, like, a 39-yard game. So it's like he's really not learning everything. He's still doing some crazy, ridiculous things. The touchdown to Boston Scott might have been one of Wentz's best throws, like, as a pro, period, full stop. Like, just a ridiculous throw. And so I thought, this this is perfect. And so it ties into everything. It's the let the Bronco buck. You're going to have to live with some of the mistakes, like the U.S. Navy lived with Mavericks, because you know at the end, you're going to get a pretty good performance. You just have to accept some of the errors that are going to happen along the way. And you say that, and, and I
1: mentioned kind of in the, in the lead up to that, like against the Cowboys, who are a get right game for literally everyone on the planet right now, giving up a, a historic amount of points per game. I was, I was talking about this with uh, Matt McEwen of uh, uh, Sports Betting Dime, and I was telling him, look, I was trying to find a defense historically that had given up more points per game if this holds over the season than the Cowboys this year, 34.7. I got back to like 2009, and I was just like, "It's it's only the points you know, are only going down at this point. Like th- this right. could end up being the worst scoring defense of all time. So with that in mind, and you're thinking, okay, on the other side, You've got some incompetent quarterback play that that you, Dallas can't score. They scored three points against Washington. Is Carson Wentz going to be able to take in all of those factors and sit in all those meetings where we're right. like, Carson, we just need you to be on time and in rhythm. And if you need to eat it, eat it. But don't do them a favor of giving them a possession inside of our 50. If you leave them on the other side of the field and we win the battle of field position, I promise you, we'll eventually separate from them and blow them out. Does Carson Wentz have it in him to just run the game plan and and leave the, the Bronco in the stable
0: for this one? I mean, I think he does have it in him. But the question always becomes with quarterbacks, and this is a more general point than with Wentz, if you try to get them to be more conservative, like do you take away some of what they do best? Now, I do think generally Mm -hmm. speaking, it's easier to take a quarterback that's reckless and aggressive and willing to take chances and to get them to dial it back. Mm -hmm. Because somebody that's like willing to be risky, they can be coached down. Somebody that's conservative by nature, You can't get them to dial it up. Like people that are risk averse are going to stay risk averse. And I say this as somebody that like checks the both sides of the street like 17 times before crossing. Like I am a scared little man. So I I live that. So I know it. I think with Wentz in this week, you can sort of get him to dial it back a bit. But I don't think you want to do that overall. Like, yeah. I don't think you want to make Wentz be more conservative, generally speaking, because, again, it, it takes away some of what he does best. But I think you could tell him that, look, man, <laughs> just look at the other side. Like, right. you don't have to piece this one together. We could take, like, 22 of 25 for 222, a touchdown and no picks, and we will be just fine with that because 17 might win this game. 14 might win this game. Heck, five might win this game. So just don't screw this one up.
1: It's going to be interesting to see if he, can, if he can dial it back and just have, like, a normal quarterback game that everyone's still probably frustrated by just a little bit because maybe, maybe they didn't score 40 points or whatever. You know, Eagles fans are hard to please. But, look. Look, uh, I mean, well,
0: what <laughs> you get a win this week, right? Yeah. It's probably, I don't want to say curtains on the NFC East, but, I mean, look around this division. I mean, it might mm. come down to a Philly-Washington game in a couple of weeks. But, like, yeah that's where we're at. Like, yeah. And so you get a chance to sort of bury Dallas right before the trade deadline. Imagine the conversations that happen in Jerry's yacht like (laughs) Monday morning if you've beaten the Dallas Cowboys. Like you're hearing rumors, traded Amari Cooper, traded Michael Gallup, like becoming sellers at the deadline. They already traded Everson Griffin. Like, you got a chance. You got an opportunity, Philadelphia. Sort of kick some dirt in that old grave. Don't screw this one up.
1: Yeah, they traded Everson Griffin. They said that, hey, we're either going to trade or cut quarterback Daryl Worley and defensive yep. tackle Don Terry Poe. Uh, Jerry, nobody wants your leftover trash. I mean, those guys weren't playing well at all. Don Terry Poe was, like, at the bottom of, like, all the the pass rush, win metrics, and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, Daryl Worley was getting toasted. Like crazy. So yeah, okay. the Dallas, Dallas is in, in big trouble. And it, it was funny, Mark, I was on uh, New Orleans radio uh, last week, and we did this word association thing. Es- essentially, for all 32 teams, we went through each division, we went through each team, and they had me give one sentence per team. And my sentence on the Cowboys was Mike McCarthy sold Jerry Jones the Brooklyn Bridge and Jerry got arrested trying to put up a toll booth on it. <laughs> that's how bad things have been. And it, like the mutiny that's happening with the players right now, none of them are buying in. They're saying they're not being coached up and everything. So like this should be a gimme game. And, and obviously the, the odds are heavily in favor, you know, with Vegas for the, for the
0: Eagles. How do you see this one playing out? Well, let me – I wanted to ask you about this because I've had this conversation with a bunch of different people this week and I wanted to get your thoughts on it and then I'll share mine. When Andy Dalton got laid out by John Bostick – Which was holy Which was one of the most horrific things I've ever seen on – I mean, my God. And there was no reaction from the Dallas players. Yeah. Thoughts on that moment?
1: I hated that. Like, okay, number one, there, there were a couple of guys and they were around making sure that he's okay which is which is fine yeah one of those linemen need to go knock his freaking like go after him we've we've seen jason peters do it here in philadelphia that's why they call the bodyguard like brother They just killed your quarterback in one of the dirtiest hits that you're going to see since Kiko Alonso took out Joe Flacco. Go mess somebody up if you have any kind of fight in you. I don't care if it's not Dak Prescott. That's ridiculous.
0: Thank you. Because I've seen people that we both know and like say the opposite. That, oh, it's dumb, nacho, stupid. No, 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 no. No, no, no. The first people closest to Andy Dalton check on him, fine. But if you're a dude like in the backfield or you're like a running back or tight end downfield, you go hit somebody. Yeah. Like, that's a stand up for your teammates, stand up for your quarterback moment. You, we've, we both watch hockey. Like, if yeah. that happens, if, if your goalie gets snowed, <laughs> he doesn't even he get hit, s- yeah. you're hitting somebody. right? And so when I saw that, I saw a team that had literally checked out. Mm-hmm. And it folds into everything you were just talking about. All the rumors we're hearing about Dallas right now, that they've just, they've given up that McCarthy has already lost the locker room. They're not willing to, like, coach these guys. Nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And now you just have a team that seems to have given up. So yeah. I, with all that being said, like, Dallas, well, this game, yeah, I mean, crazy things happen in the NFL every weekend. But I think this is a team that has checked out. I yeah. think it's a team that's checked out. And I think Philadelphia should be fine in this one.
1: I think that moment said so much about that team and it's and it's hard like people that we know and respect are saying the opposite but look at at everything that else it, that's going on with that team you have to make a really good case for me not to believe that that's not just like a, a microcosm of what's going on with that team yeah. not coming to the defense of a quarterback that just got his literal head taken off uh, ridiculous and because of that we might be seeing Ben DiNucci play against the Philadelphia Eagles which should be fun with all the let, let's you know what we're going to talk about it when we come back from break here as I pull up uh, this extensive uh stat sheet for Ben DiNucci that's coming up next here on the factory can't wait for this one must see tv we'll be right back it's like
0: man, this sucks go and it out seriously <laughs> just, just just dump this dump it right now we're talking about Ben DiNucci
1: Learn more at marines.com. And we are back here on the QB Factory episode 15, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with QB1 in our hearts, in our minds, Mark Schofield. Mark, Ben DiNucci, you could, and then let me know if you agree, but you could hear his mind through the film, make sure that his mechanics on his drop were where they needed to be and he was set up right. Like You could hear him through the film and then you could hear him go, okay, I'm at the top of the drop now. My feet are set right. I'm looking at the first read. What now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, look, as far as why does how does this guy make his way, not just to an NFL roster, but how does he get drafted? Like, he checks a lot of the boxes that make you feel safe about taking a quarterback late on day three, right? Big, tall, big arm. Like, (laughs) sure, the numbers weren't great at James Madison, which as somebody that has lived in Virginia for a bit of time in his life, okay, it is technically an FCS football team. They've won a national title. So, I mean, okay. Can he do some things that test you in the secondary? Sure. You see the completion to Cooper, They motion to empty, gives you a little shoulder fake, nice little hole shot along the right sideline, and it's like, okay, okay, that's not too bad. Like, yeah. we can work with that. But like you said, even on that play, you can see him sort of like check the boxes as he's doing things, right? <laughs> right, right. Because you get the route to the flat, and he's like, I gotta I gotta move little it. So he gives you the little box. shoulder shimmy. <laughs> and he's taking the hole shot. It's like... Okay. I mean, you're, you're just – you're checking the boxes. Then you see the sack and it's like, well, I mean, you had some options here. I mean, this is a play where he's got that throw in the flat and he doesn't like it. So, but he just takes off. Right. Like, doesn't look anywhere else. He's a one-read guy or a one-A, one-B read guy where in the previous play, he's like giving you the little shoulder shimmy. Like, I don't think you need to be worried about this guy. Yeah. Like, I think if he does get the start, if if you're Jim Schwartz – you put ten guys in the box. You're basically saying, look, if, if Ben Denuzzi beats us, fine. Like yeah. we'll take it. But if we're just gonna play our usual defense, maybe play some sub packages and let him hand it off sixty two times and they beat us running the football. Mm-hmm. That's an on me situation. I don't think you I don't think you do anything else than stack the box and dare this dude to throw you out of the game
1: yeah I mean Jim Schwartz loves to stack the box anyway especially against the cowboys and and, and it may leave you with some disadvantageous matchups on the outside one hundred percent ball's got to get there number one yeah uh, offensive line has to block it up number two, they can't
0: <laughs> like that's it all o- that is a bad offensive line right now yeah you can get home all day long on these guys you know I, i've I've often thought that when it comes to playing rookie quarterbacks young quarterbacks Last thing you want to do is blitz them, pressure them, because it just gives them the hot reads. It makes it easier. They don't have to think. I'd scrap that idea this week. Like, because you're going to get home. Just go after this dude. If they start showing you, like, by halftime that they can block it up, then maybe, yeah, you adjust. But I think you just stack the box, send nine, whatever. I don't care. Send the house. Send send everybody. Like Just blitz 11. Like, why not?
1: Well, I'm looking at their – I want to pull up their depth chart here because I'm wondering – Garrett Gilbert is the backup. So if they end up sacking this guy 10 times, poor Ben DiNucci, and he goes down for this game, which, I mean, I I wouldn't blame him for just being like, all right, I'm done with this. Garrett Gilbert, and then I think they brought Cooper Rush back. They brought Cooper Rush back. But can he –
0: is he available because of COVID protocols or not? Like that I don't know. I know Garrett Uh, Gilbert is a Madden-generated name. (laughs) I've never heard of Garrett Gilbert. Did he play like Texas Tech? In my life. He is
1: from SMU. SMU. I close. was close.
0: It was a Texas school. I had a shot. There's, so I would call, at least seventy of them.
1: Yeah, drafted in the sixth round by the uh, by the St. Louis Rams back in 2014, and I never heard
0: of this guy. Mm. What? He's <laughs> been in the league for six years. This is punked. Just- Ashton, come <laughs> on, man, come on. show your face. This has been an episode of punked.
1: That's like a Madden generated picture of him too.
0: I mean, that's the thing with Ben Danuzzi. I'm looking at this like you know website for him right now. There's no picture of him. It's just like the Cowboys logo. Is it Danuzzi or Danucci? I don't know. Does it matter?
1: No. It's Ben. It's Ben Ben D. Small Ben. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, look, if you really expect me to preview this anymore, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Like, I'm just being honest with you guys, gentle listeners. Like, if this ends up being a Joe Webb game, like, you can yell at me. But if I have that kind of power to make that happen because I disrespected Ben Danucci, then you guys need to be a little bit more respectful, uh, to me, and we'll we'll get this cult going. Anyway, uh, Mark, before we get out of Cam? here, yeah, let us yeah, you see, you didn't stretch it out long enough. We I got didn't. A, we got a we got a few minutes to talk about uh Cam Newton. We talked about it on the uh, the palpably unfair podcast on the SB Nation NFL show, me and Kyle Posey, uh, which you have you have been on talking about uh, Tua making the switch there with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but man. What, what is going on you cover this for Pat's pulpit you've obviously put some stuff up on the timeline there but as i watch cam i see a guy that just is not decisive reading things quickly he like doesn't have the quick trigger and really they don't have the wide receivers on the outside to to threaten anybody to make anybody feel threatened so defenses in from what i saw are really creeping up on them and daring them those wide receivers to beat them deep beat them on the outside and they just can't do it right now. What's going on with, with Cam Newton and the Patriots offense? The
0: scary thing is there are actually moments when they do get open mm. and the ball is not coming out. Like I did a video, kind of alluded to it there. It's over on Pat's pulpit. Um, breaking down six plays from that Niners game, and I'm not going to run through all of them, but I do want to highlight two. One is a play action out of 21 personnel in the second half. Now it's 30-6, to six, okay? San Francisco's playing soft, like cover six. Newton comes out of the play-action fake. Along the left sideline, he has a double move to Damien Bird that's wide open. Oh, like yeah. He can I make a whole shot throw, doesn't throw it. Mm-hmm. He has a dig from Jacoby Myers working against the quarter side of cover two that's coming open in front of both the safety and the corner that's wide open. He even has both the tight end and running back Damian Harris, who have run basically five-yard crossers. Both of those are wide open, and he doesn't throw to anybody. He comes out of the fake. He's looking at everybody. And then after like three seconds in the pocket, the protection breaks down. He's flushed and has to throw it away. Mm. Like guys are open and he's not pulling the trigger. And he's not reading core concepts right. We talked about it before the show started. Haas Z. Juke. It's like day – it's literally – I have their playbook. It's a day one install. Yep. Like that means like this is one of the first things you put in. As an offense, it means you're going to be running it a lot. Hot Z, Juke, mirrored hitch seam on both sides of the field, outside receiver's hitch, inside receiver's seam, and then that Juke route from Julian Edelman. On this example, it's an interception. It's third of the game. He opens to the left. You have a linebacker over Rex Burkhead. Burkhead runs a hitch. Linebacker's giving you six yards of cushion. Throw it. He doesn't throw it. Seam route is capped by the slot defender and the safety, so you're not going to throw that fine. Now he comes to the middle of the field, and there's a miscommunication between Edelman and Newton. And I can't say for sure who screwed up. I think I'll give you the easy Occam's Razor example. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see where you're going with this. Okay. The Patriots have variations of that juke route in their playbook. If it is indeed juke, which is sort of a slant stop, and then you have an option to either stay there – continue across the formation or break back to the outside. You don't show the quarterback your eyes. This is the coaching point in the playbook Mm -hmm. until you have like declared yourself. Okay. There's also what they call punked, which is a locked route where you slant, stop, show the quarterback your eyes and then continue across the formation. Okay. Okay. So we don't know exactly which one he's running. Mm -hmm. I think he's running juke and has sat down because the guy's playing off so he feels like it's kind of like a zone situation because he shows him his eyes. Mm-hmm. But what happens is protection breaks down because Newton's now on his third read. It's taken a bit of time. Edelman sees that pocket collapse from Newton's right, and he anticipates him flushing to the left. So he starts to move. Newton feels the pressure and the pocket collapse. So he starts to throw it in the general direction of where... Edelman was, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: because he's now got pressure, he can't step into it. And oh, by the way, quick aside: his mechanics are a mess right now. Oh yeah, that was ugly. The throw is off target, and so if you look at it, it looks like the throw is generally going in the general area of where Edelman was, but it's still off target. But because Edelman has started to move, anticipated and flushing, he starts to move, so it's behind him. He gets tipped; it's intercepted. Long story short, it's a it's a train wreck inside a dumpster fire. It's not good. And I know Tony Dudgey said that Bill Belichick is better than anybody at getting a team right. You've got a week to save your season because if they lose to Buffalo on Sunday, you're two and five with a trade deadline coming up. And oh, by the way, we learned this week that Stefan Gilmore's house is on the market. So, yeah, good times in New England. Now, can they beat Buffalo? Sure. They're playing Josh Allen. It could happen easily. It looks like it's going to be a muddy wet track kind of game with wins in the 40 and 50 mile an hour range, which means you might run the ball. Buffalo's run defense is woeful. Running the football is like the one thing the Patriots can do well. So can they win and save their season? Perhaps. If not, it's fire sale time, everybody. (laughs) Which means Trevor... Lawrence, oh God! <laughs> I'm just throwing that in at the end. They can't get to the first pick overall. Or if they do, <laughs> then look, that's on that's on you. That's on everybody else, man. If you let the right. Patriots get to the first pick, that's on all of you.
1: Or honestly, if you let them get like if you let get Justin Fields, right? Because
0: right, if you let them get, right? right. get to the top five, like what happens is all on you.
1: And you know, I'm watching that play. We actually covered that same exact play on the Palpably Unfair podcast. Just a mess. It's just, it's just so slow to read that safety over yeah. top. Like, what? Why are you still locked on to that? You got to get off of that, brother. All right, yeah. Well, that was enough pain. I put you through that pain to get us to where we need. I'm it
0: literally. To be. Fi- I, I might lose my first game of muscle ache or heart attack. <laughs> I'm still. I'm like seventy five and O. Yeah. But we've talked about it before. It's a that big L. First L is a big one.
1: Yes, sir. So let's hope that uh, Mark doesn't die, and uh, <laughs> that way we can do QB Factory 16. This has been QB Factory 15. Make sure you go on to Apple Podcasts if you like what we're doing here. Leave a five star review. Leave a rating. Say you're following directions. I don't care. Steal your girlfriend's phone. Uh, go ahead and uh, do that for us. Really helps the show out. Uh, other than that, Mark, anything for the gentle listeners before you get the heck on out of here?
0: I guess watch the games and enjoy them this weekend. They should be fun. Yeah. I guess. Sure. Bentonucci? Is that his name?